0: And we had a good time, didn't we? We did. And so, and so, the second Sunday, uh, we tried to talk a little bit more about favor. We had a verse throughout the whole series that is going to go up on the screen: uh, "Living in the favor of God." And it is uh, it's Psalms five twelve, and it says, "For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor." Okay, how many stand to be blessed? How many can stand to be blessed? A couple of you. How many of you say, it's all right with me if the Lord wants to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing? There you go. There you are. So he said he will. He will bless the righteous with favor. The righteous with favor. Okay? And so that's important. And then he said, I will surround them as with a shield. So so favor, the second week we talked about the fact that not only does he bless the righteous with favor, that is unmerited favor, grace, is unmerited favor, but he also protects you. Anybody thankful for the protection of the Lord? You say, well, pastor, I don't feel very protected right now. Can you imagine if you didn't have the Lord surrounding you? The old timers used to say, where would I be if I didn't have the Lord, right? And so you don't even know it sometimes when the Lord is bringing favor to you. He is working things out. He's giving provisions in his time. So it was the appointment with God was the first Sunday. The second Sunday was this idea of God blessing the righteous and judging the wicked. And remember, he took from from Egypt the treasures of Egypt, and he gave it to the Israelites on their way out. So he delivered them from Egypt, but they did not leave Egypt empty-handed. Why? Because of the favor of the Lord. Anybody thankful for God's favor and blessing? So those were the things we talked about uh, the twofold strand of favor that God shows favor to the righteous by his mighty hand. The hand of favor is what we dealt with last week. And uh, so, one, one hand of right hand of blessing, he's pouring out his provisions, his blessings, his gifts. With his left hand, he's fighting off the enemy. How I many know this is how we fight our battle? The Lord is fighting the battle for us. You don't have to defend yourself. This is nothing you can do to deserve it. You can't earn favor. How many know that you spell favor? uh, J-E-S-U-S. I think that's next slide. I'm not sure if that's the next one, but yeah, there it is. How many know you spell favor? Jesus. If you have Jesus, you are favored. That's how you get in. That's how you activate. So today, we're going to start by talking about how you can activate. Uh, I'm used to seeing the screen in the other service, so we're all getting acclimated to to what's going on. But I know, I trust them that they got whatever they need to have up behind me so that you can see it. You know, a few years ago, we started doing PowerPoint. How many like the PowerPoint? A couple of you? Well, I can stop. It's a lot of work. How many appreciate the PowerPoints each week? Okay, there you go. I thought, yeah, he gets rid of it. I I better vote. (laughs) So it's a lot of work to put the PowerPoint, but what it did was it made people stop bringing their Bible. Can I encourage you? Bring that Bible to the house of the Lord. It's nothing, you know, sacred about it, except that it is the Word of God. I don't want to leave home without it. A few years ago, they had an ad on commercial for American Express, and what? who knows the tagline? Don't leave home without it. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Favor, don't leave home without it. How many of you ever go through a rough time financially? Let me see your hand. Just a few of you. Okay, yeah. Well, we were, we were struggling so much as a young couple that American Express wrote us a letter and said, please leave home without it. How many know it's a bad world that's trying to put everything on the credit card? But, but the point about this message is favor is so valuable to us as believers that we ought to activate it and access it by faith. That's how you access favor, right? Hebrews 11 one says, without faith it's impossible to please God. For first of all, the, those who come to him must believe that he is. How many believe that God exists? There is only one God, and he is the only one, Right? You must believe that he is, and uh, that takes faith. And secondly, that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So those are the, so those are the ways we activate. And today I want to just deal with with uh, activating our faith, and I want to look at, uh, at Psalms. And there's another verse, I wanted, uh, several verses I want to bring out in the Psalms, uh, Psalm 34, verses 7 through 10. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear the Lord. There it is again, surrounded by the Lord's goodness. You remember the psalmist David in the last part of Psalm 23 said, goodness and and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. How many know that's a blessing right there? David understood the favor of God. The blessing of the Lord was surrounding him all the days of his life. So the angel camps all around those who fear him. He delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Next slide, please. Fear the Lord, you his saints. Look at this. I underlined it so you can see this. There is no want to those who fear the Lord. To activate, to access. So why wouldn't people of God access why, why don't people of God feel favored and blessed all the time? That's a good question, isn't it? Since the scriptures are telling us we're favored and blessed by the Lord. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And 2024, we wanted to start off the year saying more in twenty four. Lord, I want more favor. I want more blessing. I want more mercy. I want more grace. I want more love so I can learn how to love. I want more forgiveness so I can learn how to forgive. How I many know we need more of the Lord to be a difference in 24. We need all that the Lord has. It says the young lion. So, so the lion is the king of the jungle, but Jesus is the king of the world. And the young lion, even who, who, who is the largest prey, I mean, if he's going hungry, how many know there's a problem in the jungle, right? And so even the young lion gets hungry and lacks and and suffers. But those who fear the Lord, they will be blessed and favored, favoring the righteous and fighting for the right. So the topic today is activating and accessing. And, uh, and I believe that, that he is going to do this for us because he is Jesus. And in him is wrapped up all the spiritual gifts you can possibly muster up. How I many know oh, his provision on the cross uh, took care of everything you need? Say, Pastor, you haven't been to my house. I've got more needs and God can help us with. And I'm sure that we all have been there. We all have needs. But how many know that if you really think about it, if you believe the word by faith, if you trust the Lord, fear the Lord, your God, he will bring blessing to you. Even if you cannot see it, he's still blessing. Even if you can't feel it, how many know the Lord's still working it out in his time? So we talked a little bit about Joseph. We talked a lot about different uh, characters, and we'll get to more. But when you believe, uh, you actually activate. Believing is the heart of accessing and receiving favor. He promised favor, and we claim it in the name of Jesus. Anybody who wants favor in 24 should shout yes. Yes, There, there we are. So I know some of you... Came prepared to take notes, and we'll keep on doing this because I know that some of you are are wanting to take notes and understand. James 4, 6, and 7 says, you must believe and not doubt. Okay? So to activate favor in your life and and have faith in, in God is to not doubt. Okay? We pray and we believe. Wouldn't it be crazy to pray and doubt? I mean, why would you doubt and why would you pray in the first place if you don't understand the power of prayer? And so it's not about us, it's about the God we serve. How I many you know through the cross and through Jesus Christ, He's given us everything we need now and forever. And so it's, it's, He said if you doubt, it's like a wave of the sea blown and tossed about by the wind. And it says if you doubt, you should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's pretty big. If you have doubt, if you have unbelief, you cannot expect to receive anything from the Lord. James also says what? You have not because you ask not. So it's a matter of activating. It's a matter of engaging. It's a matter of accessing what God has already given us. It's salvation. If you save, somebody ought to shout amen. I mean, you got everything you need if you have the Lord. So, so why didn't Israel gained the promised land they had a heart of unbelief they never entered in basically if you don't ask and believe don't expect and receive right you have not because you ask not so it's amazing how we tend to overlook uh, the most basic examples of God's kindness to us our God is a good God Uh, let me say it again God is good and he's good all the time to all of his people And you say, well, I don't feel like he's been good to me. Well, how many know we have a real enemy? I said, we have an adversary, Satan, the devil, who's always roaring and acting like he's the king of the jungle. But how many know there's only room for one king? I said, there's only one lion king, and his name is Jesus. So favor is, is only coming from him. But we have an enemy of our soul that tries to make you think that God is not good to you. He goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden when he tempted Eve and Adam into believing that God was holding something back. God was keeping something from them. How many know the devil is a master, deceiver, and liar? And he's always trying to make you believe that God's not good to you. So you've got to put on the mindset that God is kind and gracious and merciful and good. Amen? And he provides all of our needs through Jesus Christ, he limits our suffering. Can you imagine the way you would feel if he took his hand off of you? That's why backsliders come home. They realize, oh my goodness, I had it better at the father's house. But when the Lord removed his hand, he got out from underneath the the hand of the Lord. He felt the pain of what it's like to live outside of the kindness and grace of God. And so he said, I'd rather get back to the house. And uh, and the father was waiting on him. Amen? How many glad we have a God who cares about prodigal sons and daughters? And so he helps us. He limits our suffering. He answers our prayers. He encourages us in the word. He offers our strength uh, uh, in weakness. He gives grace to the humble. In fact, every good and perfect gift, James says, comes from the father above. If it's good, it's coming from above. Come on now, if God's got something for you and you're asking and believing, it's coming. Just wait on your appointed season of favor. Don't grow weary in doing good. But in due season, you will reap if you don't give up. So Satan keeps on buffeting, keeps on punching and, and, uh, and cheating and deceiving and lying, making you feel like you're nothing, and, uh, and trying to make you give up on that season of blessing. Psalm 31:19. Uh, I believe the hand of the favor of the Lord is coming. Look at this. How great is your goodness. Come on now. How many agree with that statement? How great is the goodness of God, which you have laid up for who? For those who fear you. I want you to see the opposite. It's not laid up for those who don't fear the Lord. Favor is not for those who don't fear the Lord. You understand? It's for those who fear the Lord, which you have prepared for for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men the lord has prepared favor for you it's an appointed time and the next slide please although favor is unmerited and undeserved we still have a responsibility to walk in obedience to god so i know it's grace and it's unmerited favor that's what grace means it's a gift salvation is a gift how many glad that you got into the kingdom? And the way you got in is the same way I got in, humbly bowing our knees, repenting of sin, saying, God, I left you, I missed you, I need you. How many know if you'll call on the Lord, the Lord will answer you, and he will meet you right where you are. If it's a new year and you're trying to start off on the right track, you need to commit your ways unto the Lord, consider God, and he will bless your future. Even if it looks like it's not blessed, how many know it's in his hands? therefore he's going to take care of it so the acts of man will never earn the favor of god favor is unmerited but we also are responsible to please the lord obey his commands with a pure heart how many agree with that it's not just like a free show so what would your life be like if you were surrounded all day every day by the favor of god have you ever thought about that question what would your life be like well i can tell you what it'd be like without it I've been there without the Lord. If you've never, uh, you know, I remember when I first got saved, my girlfriend was with me on a date. She had just gotten saved at camp. I mean, thank God for camp. 16-year-old Catholic girl got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and came back to me. I mean, no, that's a challenge. She came back to me, and I brought her on a date, and God help us. She was just trying to save me, trying to help me. And uh, she brought, came on a date with me. And, for, and the first time she actually, uh, where the meeting place where we were, she said, said uh, Ronnie, why can't all these people be in church praising God? And for the first time in my life, the light bulb went off. And I saw a contrast between the righteous and the people of the light and the wicked and people of the dark. You know, there's a whole lot of lost people out there. Walking in the wrong kind of fog. How many know the favor of God is walking in the fog? Favor of God. But there's a fog in the world that blinds you. Satan blinds the eyes of the wicked or the sinner of the world. And they don't even know that they're. That. And that's why, because some people say, well, Pastor, how can I get this favor? How come my family's not experiencing this favor? Well, they are. If you're born again, how many know you're blessed and favored? Hopefully you got that. The first point was faith opens up the door of favor. Faith in Jesus. I said, you already are blessed. The thief on the cross got Jesus, and the next step was heaven. I mean, that is favor. John 10.10, Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life. There's death and there's life. Is anybody getting any of this? There's death and life. And the Bible says, choose life. And life is not just existence. Okay? People live. They breathe, right? You have to have uh, oxygen. Your heart has to pump the blood. You have to live. Animals live. People live. But how many know Jesus, when you get him, you have life on top of life. It's not just life. It's eternal life. And not just eternal life when we get to heaven. It's life right now. Favor. I I tell you what, since I've been saved, it hadn't been a a picnic or a walk in the park. So favor doesn't exempt you from trials and struggles. You just have the mindset that God has surrounded me through this trial and trouble. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear anything but the Lord. Because he's with me. You see that? And so when he got older, that's when he was a young shepherd boy. When David got older, he said, I was young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, Max, nor God's seed begging for bread. God will take care of you. How many believe that? So every spiritual blessing you need comes from Yahweh, from the Lord. And you're alive today by his mighty hand. Just the mere fact that you're breathing. Amen. And you don't have to wait. God is pouring out his goodness and his mercy right now. I say receive it in 2024, for it is stored up for you. God, done? is it done? About out? All right. I might be losing my battery. Let me get another one. How many know pastor needs power? Amen. Amen. All right. Is that powered up? Good one? Yep. All right. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, keep on preaching, preacher. Put some new batteries in this one because this one I think is broke. Somebody can fix this. Thank you so much, Chrissy. Give it up for the worship team. They did a phenomenal job this morning. Here's what I want to share with you because it's teachy, but it feels preachy. I feel like preaching, but there's a lot to learn here. I said there's a lot to learn here. God gives, <laughs> God despises the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. There's a lot to learn here. So today we want to really learn, focus in on is how do I obtain this favor from the Lord? How do you get it, Pastor? Well, you get it just by grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate that. Grace is unmerited favor from the Lord. So you get it just by receiving Jesus. But but how do you sustain? How many know I want more grace? I'm glad to be saved, but how many know every day I need more grace? When I go to Walmart, I need grace. When I go to the bank, I need grace. When I go to church, I need grace. So I know that we're saved, and many people, many born-again believers, they feel like once they get saved, they got everything they need. And that is true. I just said that. It is true. But how do you sustain and walk in and obtain favor or life on top of life? Like like ice cream with the cherry on top. I don't like cherries, but I do like ice cream. Amen. So he gives us what we believe and receive is what he gives us. So we should envision ourselves wrapped in the favor of God 24 and 7. Every morning, every evening, open your mouth and say, Thank you, Lord, I am blessed. I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed in the noontime. I'm blessed when the sun goes down. Tomorrow, I'm going to be blessed again. you got to convince yourself. you got to believe this because Satan will convince you of everything else besides that. I'm saved. I'm favored like a shield surrounding me. My kids are blessed. Because I'm blessed, my kids are blessed. How many believe there, there is an authority and an anointing and a covering over your family? Yeah. I believe that. I believe that about the church. Yeah. The pastor's blessed, the church is blessed. Right. The church is blessed, the pastor's blessed. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that you have power in your mouth. Right. That tongue right there, I know it has set hell on fire. I have I an have, uh, understanding of the problem with our tongue. How many of you like to cut it off sometimes? You want to fast something for the first part of the year? Fast your tongue. Fast your words. Because sometimes my words get me in trouble. Not you. Not you. This is the sanctified holy church. None of you have problems with your words. But I can tell you, sometimes, and I don't understand why we don't get it. God gave us two ears. He put them on the side of our head, big old ears where everybody can see them ugliest thing in the world big old ears and then he gave us a tongue that he put behind two sets of teeth and two lips so like two gates and another gate closing your tongue in but how many know we never listen and all we do is open our mouth and all the time we're saying the wrong thing so whatever we believe usually that's what we say out of the abundance of the heart do you see that correlation? You see that connection? So if your heart believes it, your mouth speaks it. And if that's true, it ought to be true in the spiritual sense that we ought to be saying we are blessed. Because we are. Amen. And so favor surrounds me, my kids, my family, my church. you can say, Pastor, I don't know. Why don't it surround me? Second Peter 1:2. I don't know if I have that up there, but it says, Grace or favor. Un- uh, unmerited favor, is multiplied to us through knowledge, through knowledge. Hosea said this, my people perish for lack of knowledge. They don't know. They don't know. There's two things about not knowing. I just It's not in my notes. Just hang with me. How many are getting anything so far? All right, so two things about um, knowledge. One is ignorance. Ignorance is not stupidity. Let I me mean, know. There's a big difference between ignorance and stupidity. I've met stupidity. How many's ever met stupid? It's not a person; it's a spirit. And the spirit of stupid has hit our culture. And so, ignorance is is not knowing something, right? But but stupidity is knowing and not doing. James says hey if you know to do right and and don't do it that's sin that's what sin, that's the definition of sin. Know to do right, but you don't do it. And you're just a completely, uh, um, you know, not following God, disobedience. But ignorance is sometimes we don't know how God has wired us and how blessed we are. Therefore, Pastor gets up on the platform and he shakes his foot in his hands and he preaches, and he spits, and he fires, and he runs, and he sweats to tell you what you already ought to know. We're blessed. Somebody shout, I'm blessed. And so we got to keep that mindset. If you lose that or if you fall away from that, Satan will try to take advantage of you, your emotions, your spirit, everything. God is actually searching for somebody to bless. 2 Chronicles 16:9. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of who? The righteous. God wants to show out on your behalf. God wants to give you favor. God wants to show the world that this is how He treats His own people. God wants to you to shine. God wants you to shine. I'll never forget, uh, <laughs> many years ago, we were at Peace Chapel. And, uh, and if you remember Sherry Davis, she's here today. And uh, I was the leader of the men's group. Sherry was the leader of the women's group. And we were having a, a Life of the Lost uh, banquet. Remember that, Sherry? And, uh, and so Sherry said, Pastor Ron, you don't worry about a thing. The ladies have got this. How many thank God for the ladies in the church? Oh, man, where would we be? Well, oh, I have mercy. And so she said, oh, what were, her phrase, I'll never forget because this is what she said. The women are going to polish... And the men are gonna shine. I say, Glory to God. Go home and tell my wife that, sister. <laughs> By the way, the last slide, I'll give it to you, but if a man wants favor, how I many you know he finds a good thing when he finds a wife? Uh huh. I'll get to it later. Don't, don't, don't spoil the surprise. But, uh, but I don't know where you are today, but it's God's nature to bless you, to favor you. So I kind of like the old lady, and she was uh, poor in poverty, and she lived in a house, and, and uh, her neighbor was an atheist. And so she was praying, God, please, I'm hungry, send me food, send me bread, send me something. And the atheist heard her through the window, and he said, ah, I'm going to trick the old lady. and uh, So he went and brought a loaf of bread, and he dropped it down the chimney. It went down into the chimney, and the lady got this bread. She said, oh, thank you, God. You provided for me. I prayed, and you provided bread. Well, the guy, the atheist, knocked on the door, and uh, she answered, and he said, hey, hey, I just wanted you to know that you prayed and said you thought it was your God that provided for you, but I went to the store, and I got that bread, and I dropped it down the chimney. So I just wanted you to know that lady. And so she said with her little voice, well, sonny. God had to use a devil like you, but I got my bread. How many know God has restored and saved up for the righteous, that which had the wicked had? And God will not send you out in this world to be taken advantage of. See, I don't know where the darts are coming from. How many know there's fiery darts always coming at believers? I can't tell if it's coming from this side. I can't tell if it's coming from this side. Sometimes it comes from outside. How many know sometimes darts come from inside? But there is definitely an adversary against your soul. How many know there is a devil? And he's not for you. I said he's not for you. But God is for you. And if God is for you, there you go. I think somebody's getting it. So you have to speak life over our situation. You have to be confident, not arrogant. And I'd rather have God's favor than the best-looking resume in the world. See, God's favor, two people are going for a job, Okay, one has a resume that's stacked like King Saul who was head and shoulders above the best and the rest and the other five kids, you know, and the one that wasn't even acknowledged, snotty nose David was in the, you know, over there in the background. Jesse, his father, didn't even consider him to be a candidate. But how many know when God favors you, Oh, I don't have any room up here, but I'm about to jump off this platform. I would rather have God's favor to promote me than to be head and shoulders above the rest. And in a culture like America, everybody thinks success is all about your resume or how many people you got or how much money you got. I mean, no favor can do what nothing else can. And God can promote you. I'd rather have the favor of the Lord than the greatest resume in the world. It's important that you catch that because God's looking for somebody to bless and he can go before you. I've seen it. Little young couple like us, we went to Bible school. We didn't have any job. We got there by faith. Melissa got on the phone right out of high school. She's a legal secretary right out of high school. She worked for her lawyer for five years. We moved by faith to Baton Rouge and she opened up the phone book. Let me tell you what favor can do. We didn't know anybody. How many know? All you need to know is Jesus. We didn't know anybody. We didn't have any contacts. She opened the phone book under A's, Attorney, Attorney, Yellow Pages. How many young people know what a Yellow Pages is? (laughs) This is a book we used to get. (laughs) I I didn't know I'd ever have to explain this, but this is a book. Everybody got one. They dropped it on your front porch and it would stay there about a month and then one day you go outside and you got one. And you open that it, thing, it's got yellow pages. That's where the businesses is. And all the white pages, that's where the residents are. I don't have time to explain it to you, but it's amazing. <laughs> Way better than your stuff. <laughs> anyway, she looked under the yellow pages and said attorney. And she looked under the first one. Uh, William Adcock was the first one. Adcock. And she got on the phone. I'm listening. And, uh, she, and, 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 and he said... Uh, We didn't have that speakerphone stuff, but I'm just listening. So he must have said, uh, how much do you need to make? Oh, she said, I need to make this much. And then his next statement must have been like, well, when can you start? She said, right away. And then she said, okay, I'll see you Monday. How many know God can do that kind of thing? You don't have, it's not like you're going blind. It's not like you're going blindly into this thing. God's got your back. He's going before you. You just try to step out in faith, especially if your plans and purposes have something to do with his kingdom. How many things he can finance his kingdom? How many things he can take care of his people? And that's what he's doing. I'm preaching way too much and too long, but we still got 20 minutes to raise the dead. I'm glad you got that. I'm teasing. Not all of you did. dead. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I think he has a time for you to have favor, right? If you're looking for a job, trust the Lord. Favor will follow you. Just be real. Be genuine. And speak life over your situation. Be confident. Uh, Romans uh, one and t- 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, okay, that's where favor comes from, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith. That's where we access it. By faith. Right? And then uh, this grace, this favor, in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in the sufferings. See, that's where we get, that's where we hit the wall. Pastor, I don't mind rejoicing in the blessing. But I just can't understand how, I haven't learned how to believe I'm favored when I'm facing such a a struggle. But how many know when you're up against a struggle, how many believe God still got your back? He's still got your back. He's still favoring you. He hasn't left you. He didn't leave Joseph in the pit. He'd already dispatched the, the caravan before he even got in the pit for the perfect timing of favor. So uh, what a blessing. He got got sold, sold into slavery. Yes, hang in there. The rest of the story has not yet been told. How I many know oh, the half has not yet been told. Your life is not over. It's a vapor. It's just a dash between the day you were born and the day you die. And God's got a whole lot of time to bring blessing. So don't give up in the down times. Just learn how to appreciate it. Learn how to speak and say, uh, say, God, you have favor. You have surrounded me. I access it by faith. So there are some conditional elements. I got 15 minutes to give you a couple of elements uh, let's go on to that. Key elements that precede the favor of the righteous. It usually starts with the conditional if. Somebody shout if. I-F. I-F. If. It is half of the word life. <laughs> L-I-F-E. Right? Half of the word life is if. And if is a conditional little word. Tiny word. Big meaning. So if if. You love me if you keep my commandments, if you humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then, then is always the follow-up of if. Do you understand that? So if you're a righteous, then the favor should come into your life. But you got to activate it. you got to access it. you got to believe it. And so, so the first thing you need is a heart of wisdom. Oh, somebody ought to be getting happy about it right now. See, this world is about as two things. This world's ignorant. They don't really know. How many know the God of this world's blinded their eyes? Right? So don't kill them. Save them. How many know we're not here to judge the world? We're here to win the world. Because as soon as that, their eyes are open, how many know God can give them revelation? So they're lost. They're confused. They're blind, just like you and me were. But then Jesus came in. He opened our eyes. Is anybody thankful for that? That's favor. So that's the part uh, of, of being lost. But then, then, if you open your eyes, you ought to be able to obtain God's wisdom. So they're ignorant of the things of God. Their minds can't even comprehend the goodness of God. They haven't tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Has anybody here tasted yet and seen how good God is? Anybody? Okay, so then you already know. Then you should be walking in the goodness of God. David said it oftentimes. He had a phrase, I am living in the goodness of God. I'm I'm living in the land of the living. I'm watching the goodness of God in the land of the living. What he's saying is, God's good to me now. I know heaven's coming, but how many know his favor is okay for you to have right now? And we gotta activate that, we gotta access that. In Jesus' name, by faith, and then walk in wisdom. Let's go to the next slide because it's pretty interesting stuff. If you're willing and obedient, Isaiah 119, you will eat the good things of the land. If. So let's go the opposite so maybe you, know, maybe you didn't get it. But if you're not willing and obedient, you seeing that? Then don't expect to eat the goodness of the land. Only those who eat the goodness of the land are those who are willing and obedient. You can't have a half-hearted, worldly heart and walk in the goodness and favor of God. You You can't serve God and mammon. You can't have it both ways. You can't straddle the fence and be part in the world and part in the church. It's all obedience to God. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord when the whole world was wicked. One man in the whole world. And God gave him a job to do, build this boat. Build this boat. Well God, hey God, I don't know if you know it or not. Anybody ever told God that? Anybody have enough Anybody have enough ignorance like me to tell God he must have messed something. God I don't know if you know it but it has never rained. This is a desert you know. Father, you know we're far away from the water's edge. Has it hasn't rained here like in ever but you want me to tell the people of God's going to rain, rain so much that we have to build this massive boat. Uh, nevertheless, what did Jesus say at the cross? Nevertheless, Noah said, nevertheless, I'll build it. So with one hand he built, so one hand he built, 120 years. How many thinks that's pretty faithful? That's a long time, my friends. I know they live longer. That means they struggled longer. And every day they'd go by Noah's boat and Noah's house and, and say, Look at Noah. <laughs> Look at Noah. What a dummy. How many know the world's looking at us like we're stupid? Jesus is not coming back. Been 2,000 years. How many know he is coming back? He's coming back soon. I want you to think about that. And if he's coming back soon, and there's other people that have to come before him, like like maybe like the Antichrist. So how soon is that? So if Jesus is soon, how soon is the Antichrist going to appear? Yikesters. Let's get down to the altar, people. That's some serious stuff. And you start looking at the end. That's when you realize how much favor you have or do not have is when you get to the end. David said, I was young, and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never. That's a big word. Didn't mean he never went through troubles, but he never saw the righteous forsaken. He never saw God's uh, seed begging bread. So, so whoever finds me, look at this scripture here. Whoever finds me, wisdom, uh, wisdom opens the door. Proverbs eight thirty-two and 35. Do I have it up there, Joy? Yeah, I think I do. What? So smart. I know y'all are enjoying this. I'm not that smart. That's just the Bible, okay? I'm just reading the Bible. So now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't disregard this. Blessed are those who listen to me. Look at this. Watching daily at my doors and waiting at my gate, at my doorway. Daily. It wouldn't be a big deal if it wouldn't be that daily part. How I many you know the part about living for God is that daily part? Like crucify your flesh. I can do that once a month. Not a problem, Jim. But every morning, really? Do I have to kill the old man every day, really? I mean, it hurts. Because the old man wants to wake up every day. I don't know why. Partly because I'm born in sin. And sin is not a, a we're not dead yet. So that means we still have to deal with it, Right? And so for those who find me, wisdom, find what? Shout it. Life. Look, read the scripture with me, people. For those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. No, you were right. I didn't mean to, to say that. But, but life is favor. Okay. In fact, favor is actually more than life. It's more than breathing and eating and sleeping and giving in marriage. Right? It's more than just going through life without God. There are people that are alive out there, but even Jesus said about the church at at, uh, Sardis, he said you have a reputation of being alive, you're breathing and all, but you're dead. You're dead because why? You lost your first love because the first love, when I first got saved, Lord God, give me your wisdom. How many remember when you first got saved? Now, listen, I didn't never read the Bible. Maybe you were, grew up knee-high to a bullfrog and you knew the Bible at five years old. I don't know. But I was 18 years old, never read the Bible. So I had a lot of catching up to do. I said, I'm still making up for lost time. But I want to know the word of life. How many know that the word of God is the word of life? Hebrews said it's alive. It's quick. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's God's word. He spoke it to you. We have a speaking God. And so he's saying, I have wisdom. Do you want it? See, Pastor, I want it. How can I get this wisdom? Well, James told us, right? James chapter 1. If any man lacks wisdom, what? How hard is that? I'm not here to insult anybody's intelligence, but how hard it is to say, Father God, I'm in the financial crunch and I don't know how to get out. Would you give me your wisdom? Father God, I got to make a decision about this and my children and this and that or raising my children or or going here or going there and doing this and doing that. I don't know whether to buy a house right now. I don't know whether to get married right now. I don't know anything. I don't know. I don't even want to come out of the house. It's a mess out there. How many of know we need the wisdom of God to live in this crazy world? And so it's the wisdom of God that opens the door for favor. So this is something that is not just intellect. This is not just knowledge. Knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is quite the other. Amen? We're talking about supernatural favor, so we need supernatural wisdom. And so when wisdom is increased, God's wisdom in your life is increased, then favor is increased both to God and to man. Remember what it says in Luke chapter 2? Jesus grew in stature and in wisdom in favor with God and with man. So the wisdom of God, he, he, not only did he have God's wisdom, he was God's wisdom. It was the word of God speaking the word of God. It was, it was God's word speaking God's word. That's Jesus. So we need the mind of God, don't we? And so when you increase in God's wisdom, you see increase in favor, right? So wisdom is from the Greek word Sophia, and it means wisdom broad and full of intelligence, Belonging to man, but also includes revelation from the Lord. So it's not just knowledge in the head, not intellect alone, but it's supernatural knowledge that comes from the Lord. And David inquired of the Lord often. And the Lord answered David often. And how many know an answer from the Lord will set you on a road to peace? I said, Wisdom from the Lord will give you victory every time, it's favor. It's favor, and so it includes revelation from the Lord. Uh, It includes varied understanding, not just knowledge of things, human and divine. Sometimes God gives you a word from him. Uh, It's it's acquired. It's it's accessed. It's activated by the Holy Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit can give you the mind of God? Romans 8 said, who knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God? So when we pray the Holy Spirit, come into my heart, come into my life, help speak to me, Holy Spirit, speak to me so I can speak to them. Let me just tell you, I don't want to bore you to death. Am I boring you? So as a pastor, listen to me, I need the wisdom of God. I've got people that come to me and they got situations and problems and things that they got into surrounded by trial or, or critical uh, situations or sicknesses or whatever, and, and my own intellect is not going to get it. little four-year-old girl in the back of her house, she fell into the swimming pool and drowned. Mom and dad come to my office in my first church. I was 28 years old, pastor. What am I going to say, Max? What can I f- possibly muster up to say to this mom and dad? I mean, oh, we need the wisdom from the Lord. And you just listen to the voice of the Lord and only speak and do what he says. How I many know oh, he will give people advice? That is learning to interpret dreams, giving godly advice, um, uh, managing your affairs. I mean, um, devout proper acts of men who are, who are, uh, who are following Christ. It means, it means he can give favor. means he can give you skills that you wouldn't happen to have ordinarily. I know there is there is God gifting, but then there is God's anointing. God can anoint you with favor that can get you out of a bind. Do you remember the story? Uh, was it Solomon uh, that, that the lady came to the king and, and said, that's my... My daughter, no, that's my daughter, and uh, the baby, the baby. They were fighting over the ownership of the baby, and the king said, give me that baby. He said, I'm going to cut the baby in half. You get half the other one, the other one." And with the real mother please stand up? And how you know that was God's wisdom to the king? Because when he was about to threaten to, to kill the baby, the real mama said, let her have the baby. Are you hearing me? The, 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 and then he was able to see the heart and the intention of the heart of the woman that wasn't the one. Would the real people of God please stand up? I'm pastoring in a culture where everybody's a born-again believer, or so they say. So I've got to discern from the Holy Spirit because they look right at you and tell you they're born again, and they could be a serial killer for that matter. I know it's quiet in here, but that's the truth. They could be stealing, carousing. They could be doing all kinds of things, and I don't have a monitor on my desk to see what everybody's doing. So I gotta hear from the Lord. I gotta know what's God and what's not God. I gotta know. I gotta see. I gotta test and try the spirits. There's a lot of spirits out there. I don't know if y'all getting this, but if I was a business owner, I would crave the wisdom of God. I would ask God to help me. I don't need another partner. I need God to partner with me. And so that's it, Psalm 1:12-5. a good man sows favor and lends to those in need. Uh, There's three things, seeking favor, let's see if it's up there. Uh, Seeking favor, if anybody lacks wisdom. Sowing favor, Psalm 112.5, a good man sows favor and lends. So so if God gives you favor, how many know he's expecting you to sow that favor? So if you're blessed, remember what he told Abraham? I'm blessing you so you can be blessed a blessing so the so there's no there's purpose in favor he's not just favoring you because you're the favorite it's not about you it's about the kingdom it's about other people it's about the church it's about people in the church it's about the people who need the lord both saints and unsaved God can give you wisdom in your witnessing that can open the door. He can favor you, and they can feel that favor on you. All of a sudden, they say, "What do you? Why do you have what you have? I want what you have." That's favor, and then they go. They go on, and and they get uh, enticed to have more and more and more. So we all know that we'll reap what we sow, don't we? And so He will guide the affairs and give discretion to you if you sow favor and lend. So, so I want you to see that because Galatians six seven says. That whatever a man, God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. I can tell this is going to go into another lesson, but, but sow favor to other people, whether they deserve it or not. Sow it. It gives purpose to your favor. Favor just left to yourself is self-centeredness. Sowing favor that God gives you, so he gives you blessing, so you can be a Blessing. If he's blessing you with all of this stuff, wisdom and finance, and you're holding on to it, that will not last. You cannot sustain that kind of favor. He's going to take that from you and give it to someone else because you're not being a good steward of the favor God gave you. Does anybody here believe in tithing? That's what I'm talking about. I have tithed from the day I got saved. Nobody had to coerce me. Nobody had to teach me. I read it in, in Malachi. I read it in the New Testament. I read it. We read it this morning. Pressed down, shaken together, shall God add to your favor? Right, favor to your life. I believe in the principle. It's a saw, sowing and reaping process. Well, that's my money. No, it's not your money, honey child. It ain't even your life. true. down south, they used to say, "Honey child," I thought that would you know get you stirred up, but it didn't. It's not even your life. your life's been bought with a price. You're not your own. Everything has connection to the next. I want to talk real briefly about another last thing I want to talk about is obtaining favor through your words. Oh, we should have quit. Should I quit right now, Chrissy Could have, Oh, this is so bad. You got to speak favor. You got to speak favor. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. You've got to believe it. You've got to receive it. You've got to sow it. And you got to speak it. you got to speak it. I mean, this is a powerful portion. And I believe it's going to take us to the end. But, but the power of the tongue, James chapter 3 says it's awful. It's a fire burning inside from hell. Because, but it's amazing to me. That of all the unruly parts of our body, with this sinful nature, the tongue is the most unruly. Hardest one to tame. Am I right? Hardest thing to handle. Man, it's hard. It's hard. How many ever fly off the handle? Nobody? Well, I'm going to make an altar by myself. Y'all can dismiss Christian Taylor's day. I'm just going to make an altar by myself. Here's the deal about the tongue. Of all the things, when God got ready to baptize part of our body, he baptized a tongue. Isn't that something? When we speak in an unknown tongue, it's God saying, your tongue is so unruly, I've got to take control of it by the power of the Holy Spirit, so baptize that tongue in the name of Jesus. Wow. Wow. Now I have access to God, access to the Holy Spirit, access to the Word of God, access to Jesus, access in Jesus' name, access through the cross, access through the church. I mean, no, everything you need is tied up to Jesus. He provided your healing, your salvation, your baptism, everything you have. And the ultimate to me is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That now He don't, is not just with us in Acts 2, now He's in us. And now he's controlling my speech. And the word speech, Paul uses it later on. It's the word conversation, which actually brings out the the word uh, conversation. actually brings out lifestyle, conduct. So I know we're talking words right now, but your words, your mouth, will lead you into the direction of your conduct. The way you speak is the way you're going to live. So you believe it? Are you all with me? You believe it, you say it, you live it. So you, you, you hear, hear, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you hear it, you believe it, you see it, you say it, and then you live it. So your feet walk out what your mouth is saying. Because out of the buns of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it matters what's in your heart. I said it matters what's in your heart. And so this is serious because God wants to give us favor, but to activate favor, you have to own it in God's wisdom and God's power through the tongue. A person's life largely reflects the fruit of their tongue." Proverbs 18: 20 and 22, "From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled from the fruit of his mouth, not from the food he engages in every day, from his words. His stomach is nourished." His, his life is nourished. And with the harvest of his lips, he is satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death. So you can choose to bless your own life and others, sow blessing into others. Man, there's power in speaking life. I'm telling you what, I didn't want to get in a plane and go all the way to New Zealand in November. I wanted Thanksgiving just like you. I didn't want to try out 16 hours and sitting in a chair 32,000 feet in the air. For 16 hours. There's no picnic. For those of you who might have thought. Pastors on vacation. Think again. What would possess a man. To get in a little capsule. And go 40,000 feet in the air. 16 hours away. I wanted to speak life. Into our missionaries. Say oh that's not much. Oh really? What if I spoke life into them. And it sustained their life. On the mission field. What if our missionary stayed because I went? See how that connects? See, it's not just about me. If I learn how to speak life over my own life and over my kids and over my grandkids, over my church and over our missionaries, God will help somebody speak life into me. So you reap what you sow. If you sow life, you'll get life. Right? It's in proportion to how much you sow. So let me ask you, how much are you sowing life with your mouth? How much blessing is coming out of that thing, and how much cursing? Wow, Pastor Ron, how do I get this kind of blessing? Well, uh, some of you might have to shut it, and some of you might have to open it. I'm not sure. You choose. But Luke 21:15 uh, uses the same word for, for wisdom, and look what it says for wisdom: "I, for I myself," Jesus said, "will give you a mouth." And such utterance and wisdom that all your foes combined will be unable to stand against or refute it. Jesus' words, Luke 21, I'm going to give you wisdom, and I'm going to open your mouth. And when I put stuff in your mouth by the power of the Spirit, nobody's going to be able to stand against it. Wow! Well, they couldn't even stand against Jesus, and he didn't even open his mouth. The soldiers came up, and he stood up, and they went, whoa! You command a presence. You command a blessing. You command authority. You speak on behalf of God. Jesus was the only one that spoke on behalf of God and as God and on behalf of God. Only Jesus. The rest of us speak on behalf of God. So what are you saying to people? Seeking favor, speaking favor, sowing favor. In other words, use this favor for God's kingdom purposes to bless other people. It's connecting with God and his word and his ways and his will. A good man sows favor. And so there's power in your words. The words to speak influences the attitudes and direction of your life. Wow. I don't have any more time. I think I might spend more time on the word. How many know next week we should spend a lot more time on the power of the tongue and the effect of our words? I know Chrisy's going to be doing uh, something in young adults on the power of your words. But, but this, this is activation of the favor of God in your life. And I don't want to bore you. I don't want to go further than I wanted to take you today. And you need to get home so you can, I don't know what you're going to do. But any, whatever you do, watch the game, eat some lunch. Come back tonight. How many's planning on coming back tonight? All right. Some of you gonna take a nap. Some of you gonna sleep on through the service. Uh, board members, you know, you got a board meeting at five o'clock, and then Justin Canavan is gonna be here tonight. I mean, I would come just to see him flap his wings. <laughs> I mean, it's it's quite the interesting thing if you haven't met Justin Canavan. He's gonna be here, and he is like. It's like he got electrocuted and never stopped being electrocuted. He just, just. I don't know any other way to say it. He's just. When I say a man is wired, that brother's wired. I remember one day we were doing announcements and he was, he's our media pastor in the past. Uh, Joy, I'm thankful you're not like that, right? And Josiah. But, uh, but Justin, he, he's a perfectionist. And so he wanted to get those announcements right. And so he does a take. It's like your Hollywood studio. And he's okay, Pastor, I'm going to let you know when to start. And he gets countdown, one, two, three, four, five, take! And so I did that once. I did it twice. And then I looked at that little boy and I said, not anymore, son. You better go get Pastor Bear. I'm not doing that no more. Take five, take six, take yourself out of this church because I'm done with that. I don't have time to go into the third point. I'll finish up next week. But a humble heart. I think a humble heart is a big deal. A humble heart is going to be the thing that opens the door. Yeah, and your mouth opens the door to favor. You don't have because you don't ask. That's about it. And so I'm not trying to put it all on you. I know it's unmerited. I know it's grace from God. But it takes faith to get it started. It also takes faith to keep it going. It's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to stay saved. Stay saved. How do you stay saved? And that is discipleship, learning how to walk in the wisdom of God and honor God. And stay humble, not arrogant, all of that. So we'll do that next week. Chrissy, if you and and, uh, Taylor want to come back, uh, did anybody learn anything today on the favor of the Lord? I hope you did. Uh, I'm going to spend a whole lot of time on the perpetual perversion of the personification of your mouth next week. You can't even write all that down. But anyway, it's your words. Would you stand with us this morning? And uh, Chrissy, I don't know uh, if y'all are ready to go into the altars. We're just going to go into the altars real quickly. Hey, this is not a a series to bring judgment to anybody. I tried to show you transparency to tell you how many times I opened my mouth and inserted my foot. I can't tell you how many times, Chris. Pastor opened his mouth and inserted his foot. I want to believe that I grew up over the last 41 years of being saved. But sometimes when somebody pushes you, sometimes when you get in a tight place, uncomfortable place, sometimes you don't expect things. I mean, since COVID, I've never expected so much stupidity in all my life. It's getting more crazy every day. I just can't even, I can't make some of these stories up. It's so crazy. It's crazy. And I don't even know how to respond. I just like, I just stare at them and just like okay I've I'm, 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 I'm even brother Jarman I've considered keeping the mask on and never taking it off <laughs> maybe that would help me but this morning if you're here and there's three things I tried to give you to obtain access and obtain mercy one was faith two was wisdom God's wisdom and three uh, was the word of the Lord obviously four is humility we'll deal with that next week but if you're here today and you say pastor you know, I never really gave thought to it. I never really acknowledged or knew that it was accessible for me. And I'm born again. And I could be walking in more favor, more blessing, more of God in 24. How many of you say this morning with, with a hand raised, say, I want more in 2024. I want more. These altars are open. If you have to go, I understand. It's 1130. you got going to get your kids. you got to get out and come back tonight. It'll be a great fun time. But if you want us to pray for you, our prayer partner is going to come and pray. Maybe you want to give your heart to the Lord for the first time. Maybe you don't even know what it's like to live for Jesus. Open the door and the Lord will come storming in. Let's sing it. Let's pray to the Lord. You come as the Lord directs you.